And we are back with another Black Window Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real Verse World. Today's special guest is music video director Roxana Baldovin. Roxana has directed music videos for artists such as Kehlani, Trey Songz, Wiz Khalifa, Lil Uzi Vert, Lupe Fiasco, Gunna, Doja Cat, Rico Nasty, and many, many more. Her style is very vibrant, which makes sense because her personality is the exact same. Her story is so wild. Having come up as a director duo with her boyfriend, which during the takeoff point of their career, they broke up and still had to manage being creative under odd circumstances. She eventually hit the road as a solo director and had to face the roadblocks that come with that shit. And she was able to prevail and has a ridiculous career. She's worked with so many artists. Her latest music video is nuts. Yeah, you're definitely going to want to tune into this episode and soak up some game. All right, there is no sponsor for this episode there never has been if that's news to you that's weird uh so please make sure to check out our bwnc merch store and cop something to show your support for this podcast and creative community we have very cool keep creating hoodies and hats and all kinds of fucking mugs and dope shirts and shit like that yeah that's a perfect mug to drink coffee out of uh just go to shopbwnc.com and you'll see it all there we appreciate that. Also, if you support Black Window Cream on Patreon, you will receive an exclusive discount code on the merch. So if you want to look into the Patreon account and all the perks that you can do with all that shit, it is patreon.com slash blackwindowcream. We appreciate you for real, for real, for real. And if this is your first time tuning into the podcast, you're probably wondering, what does Black Window Cream stand for? Black Window Cream is a private content creator group fueled by caffeine, or at least I take my coffee black window cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We are a free private group on Facebook, open to creators of all kinds, AKA if you make videos, if you're a photographer, if you do marketing management, editing, dancing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All creators are welcome. Our private group has been growing rapidly. We have a shit ton of members working together by sharing content. They're asking for feedback. They're passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our group if you want to by going to bwnc.com slash join we would love to fucking have you please join all right that's it enjoy the work week keep creating make sure to tune in every single wednesday and sunday for a new black window cream episode and without further ado i bring to you my interview with roxana and the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now attention if you stop this podcast recording at any time you will die i don't want to die do you want to live yeah you have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you would say that. And we're back <laughs> with another Black with no cream podcast. So it's like, I don't, it's not dyslexia. I can't think of what I have where I know when I think about something so much, I'll box it, but I'm going to say your last name and I don't remember if I'm thinking of the way you just told me how to pronounce it or the way I thought it was. Roxana Baldovin. Yes, you got it. Okay. Roxana Baldovin is in the house tonight, but you you go by Roxy. Yes. Once you know me, I'm Roxy. What do you prefer? Like, you know how there's like, so Robert De Niro is Robert De Niro, but everybody calls him Bobby. Oh, right. So once you get to know him, I got you. Like, I'll introduce myself on set as Roxy sometimes. It just, like, depends. Right. What kind of vibe you're in? But, like, my professional name, like, the one you'll see 
in the lights yeah. is Roxana Baldovin. I like that. That's cool. That's tight. Yeah. Um, you're you're a really good director. Thank you. Yes. Um, for people who don't, I'll preface it in the intro, but do you want to talk about like some of the projects, more recent, whatever projects you worked on or like what kind of artist you are so people kind of get the gist of who you are? Sure. I feel like it's hard to describe yourself as an artist. At I least hate that. I don't like describing myself. No, right. I learn more things about myself and my artistic style when other people describe me. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, I guess I do do that. Right. Like, I guess I've been hearing a lot that I do a lot of stuff with colors which I right. guess I've always known but like I didn't realize that it's like a thing of mine so now it's like a stylistic thing you what have, is she gonna do with colors now you have green now? lipstick on and your nails are very vibrant oh, yeah. you <laughs> seem to like colors I get it totally <laughs> totally right on yellow bright yellow sweater. exactly right it's aesthetic yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, but colors, but what are you saying? You work that into your type of your material? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I guess, like, every video will have, like, a different color scheme or, like, hmm. thing. Right. But I never really thought of it. I was just doing, doing my art. But how do you pick, when you go about deciding stylistic moves for your music videos, if you choose colors, like your last music video, you just sent me early pictures of it, and it was very, very bright bright neon colors and shit like that like when you're saying you pick different colors and that's just what you gravitate towards how what's your process for doing that like what are you finding your like for references and things like that are you pulling stuff that has a lot of just bright colors is that just what you kind of like fall in towards well no like for example um yeah so the project i just did was like super 90s and like they wanted a lot of bright colorful stuff yeah um and actually the color scheme that came in ended up came by mistake I wanted to use a different artist for mm. a set design and she was like, no, I'm not interested in this project. Please don't use my work. And I was like, I'm not going to copy you if you're not down. That's fine. So instead I was like, let's do a Lisa Frank thing. Yeah. Which is all like rainbow animal print mm. for like one of the setups. And then that's something that everyone's been gravitating towards now. But that just came by chance. Yeah. Right. Like that was not my initial thing. But like, I don't know, like I've done like a, a black light video recently too. My mm. next video is going to be like a lot of different monochromatic things cool um so so are you thinking about these uh, are you just like tripping on certain things on the internet and you're just like oh this would be kind of tight i want to do this at some point and you write it down and try to find a way to work it into a project pinterest yeah um also i like a lot of photographers mm. so sometimes i see like like i love dave la chapelle obviously so mm. like that is also sometimes an insult. Like his color schemes are very bright and vibrant a lot of times. Totally. But also like he does really obscure stuff. Right. Um, but I've done a project too that was all black and white, but then like Sin City vibes. Yeah. You know? So right. but it's it's never like the to me it's just uh kind of natural in my process, like, oh what am I gonna do now? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily like, oh, this video is based on this colorful right, 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 thing. Right, right. You know? Yeah, totally. So have you always done music videos? Has no, I started like in documentaries. Yeah? Actually. Nice. I went to journalism school. Yeah. Um, well, I went for broadcast journalism and then film and media studies, mm -hmm. which is like theory of film, even though I love my classes. So I pretty much got like a, a documentary filmmaking degree, I would say. Nice. Um, did a lot of short form news pieces. Tried to do a feature documentary. Hard as fuck. Um, without like ever doing any short form content before. Yeah. So don't recommend that. Right. Now I'd be able to do it. Yeah. But back then it was like, I didn't understand that maybe you should be cutting while you're shooting. Yeah. Not just like shooting, 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 and, and then, then like being overwhelmed. Oh my God. So. Yeah, that's the worst. I've done three documentaries that were in there. Oh, it's so much. Are they features? Yep. 
fucking long processes. And I don't know why the last one we thought was going to be a quick, like, wham and bam, you know, get it done in four months. And then a year and a half passed by and you're just like, fuck. But yeah, like shooting, editing helps a lot with that process. But that would suck to get stuck in the corner at the end with fucking terabytes of content. Yeah. The thing, too, that turned me off from documentaries is that you don't know how the story is going to end. Right. Which, like, I mean, I would definitely do a documentary again in my life. But I'm saying I like now that it's like I choose the way the story is going to go. I also realize I'm a very stylized person. Mm. Like, I... Yeah, like, I need to, like, make make my set and, like, pick what is going to go where. And, yeah, like, like, you like having full control. I want to create a world, yeah. Right. Yeah, documentaries are weird because you're just kind of, like, following. I mean, I guess it depends on what your story is about. Right. But, like, you're following that that world and living in that world. Mm-hmm. And you have to try to tell the story from the best view, I guess, you have of it. And, like, that shit's kind of tough. But it's it, we experimented more with building some worlds that we could, like, transition in our last doc, which was fun. Like, we got to, like, go, I don't know, we shot, like, a basketball fight that kind of went along with the story. Story, but we got to choose and make it look as, like a certain style and mm-hmm. that was fun and I think a lot of documentaries are starting to do that versus just cutting to old b-roll of whatever story they're telling and getting through it that way I don't know it's kind of fun but so well, you did docs what, what was the doc that you did <laughs> talk about it let's what see was it. the doc I did yeah um, or started you said you didn't it finish it it was about yeah I mean my mom's still in my ear like edit your documentary you I'm haven't like, started editing no I've, I've gone through many edits oh, but it's it. just like so basically, it was about December 21st, 2012, the end of the world, oh, end yeah. of the Mayan calendar. Um, but it was really more about the beginning of the new age of thinking. So mm. like, I actually do have a lot of like short form documentaries, like little things I could do. Like I interviewed Dennis McKenna, who's Terrence McKenna's brother. Do mm. you know who Terrence McKenna is? No. So or he do, was like, they were the first like white people to go into the Amazon and like oh, trip with natives with indigenous people like they were the first ones allowed into the tribe so basically Dennis um, uh, and they were like doing DMT a lot of mushrooms so Dennis was like the spokesperson he died his brother who's the one I interviewed um, sorry Dennis was the brother Terrence was the face right Um, Dennis was a mycologist so he like was a lot of like studying about mushrooms so basically we're just interview. I interviewed him about like psychedelics and like how much they can help the brain then I interviewed uh, Alex Gray, who's this like a uh, painter, and mm. he does. I was a tripper, basically. Like he does a lot of like cosmic yeah, yeah, things. Like. Um, and then Daniel Pinchback, I interviewed. So he's like one of the biggest speakers on like um, on uh, basically like new ages, new age way of ways of thinking. You know, this is tying into the end of the world. Doc? Yes. Okay. So basically, the end of the world yeah. documentary. Right. 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 <laughs> yes. I went to Costa Rica and I went to Mexico for the end of the world. So initially the, the um, story, I, I got interested in the story because I went to Sedona, Arizona. Mm, yeah. I went to college in Arizona. I okay. went to ASU. Got it. And then uh, so me and a few people went to Sedona um, and there was a guy who was 75 years old, Peter Gersten. He's amazing. Um, he was taking people to the top of Bell Rock um, to hike. And um, he was the first lawyer to sue the government for hiding UFO files. No shit. From New York, like me. So, and then he moved to Sedona, who, because Sedona is one of the seven pressure points of the world. Okay. So it's like one of the highest energy places of the world. Right. So you could feel it when you're there. That's so crazy. that's why he went there. Have you yeah. been there? No, never. Um, you're from Colorado, right? No, I'm from Iowa. Iowa. 12, Twelve hours. Okay. Not too far. Okay. So, yeah. So, anyways, it's a very magical, special place, whatever. So, But he had a lot of theories about, like, um, how this is all holographic reality and, like, 
you know, he really thought that on December 21st, 2012, he was going to jump off of Bell Rock and he was going to like basically like enter a new dimension and like also save the world from like whatever was going on. So when I first, I had never heard anything like that in my life. So I was like, but he was so like, he, he said it with such conviction that like, you wouldn't think he's crazy. You were like, wait, what, what is this guy talking about? He's onto something. This is a 75 year old guy. Yes. Right. Yes. Super New York accent, like takes no shit, but like, not convincing. Right. So he was the first person in my documentary. The second person in the documentary was Daniel Devine, Mm. um, who I don't remember how I got hooked up with him either, but he was also like 50 years old. He, um, he was, um, he tried to get, uh, like, uh, unemployment or whatever for having a Messiah complex. So like he believed he was a God and so he deserved like compensation. Yeah, right. Um, his theory on December 21st was that we were all going to become light bodies. So hmm. like literally we were just going to poof into the light. Um, so, so initially my concentration on this was following these two people. But then I realized December 21st is not just two people. There's like, there was a lot of, of people that were. Right. So me and my friend started a Kickstarter. We got $5,000. Nice. Uh, went to Mexico for time and space. We went to time and space festival and we went to the rainbow gathering in Palenque. Rainbow gathering is where everyone is naked. You're not allowed to bring any, um, cameras or anything. Pretty much 75% of the people there. This was in the middle of the jungle in Mexico, in the Yucatan. Um, what the fuck? I don't how think you, you were expecting any of this no, when you I got me on your I show. Wasn't, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck do you find all of this shit? Also, I want to know what are your ta- what is your take on the end of the world at the time? Were you were you doing it because you were like what this, this what they're saying is so interesting to you, or did, were you like, no, I believe it too, and I need to document it? Because no, end, we'll continue. Sorry, I was gonna say you were talking about finding the ends of your stories, but yeah, for sure on that one, if the world ended, that's you, your story is never gonna end. So I actually met a lot of filmmakers in the process who like also chucked their documentaries because it's like nothing happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. But really, what I found through the footage that I got was that. It's just the beginning of the age of Aquarius. But like, really, it's like the beginning of a new way of thinking. Like, it's true. Like, since 2012 to now, like, I remember I went to this MAPS conference also in San Francisco. So it was a psychedelic science conference, which was basically like talking about how um, Molly will help, will helps relationships. And it also helps PTSD um, in uh, soldiers. Yeah, right? right. And then like mushrooms too helps with OCD and it helps like, you know, with different anxiety things and, um, addiction. Yeah. Iboga is another one that helps with addiction. It's like the, um, poison from a frog. Um, ketamine, which like, I don't know, but okay. People say ketamine helps, <laughs> ketamine yeah. helps depression, but whatever. So I went to this whole conference that was all about like how all these psychedelic uh, medicines help, you know, different things. And, at the time, like, I definitely believe in that 100%. At the time, though, it was, like, very out there. But now all these things are actually happening. Right. Like, ketamine actually did just get approved to help depression. You know, wow. like, there's way more soldiers that are being treated for PTSD with mushrooms. Like, that is a thing, you know? So I was, like, in the beginning of that. Yeah, early. Um, yeah, like, way more people are vegan now. Like, there's just, like, a lot of things that are, like, people are really opening up to, like... So when you were documenting this, were, you, were these things people were saying would happen if the world didn't end or was this just like the way these people were already living at the time which was kind of like them marking the territory of like this is the way we should be living i'm a vegan i'm using i'm using this drug to help me with my ptsd or or whatever you know what i mean at that point in time so at that point in time um 
initially my thing was just interviewing these two people. Right. And they they were like the quirky ones that like like the guy on Sedona, Peter, like his he was on suicide watch. His daughter was so scared that he was going to jump off a rock and kill himself that the whole town was like this guy cannot jump off this rock. Right. You know? Um but That's and so he crazy. didn't jump on the rock. He didn't jump off the rock. He's still doing his Top of Bell Rock Club like he just realized basically all these people and I think Daniel Devine also might have realized it. He like had the craziest drawings of like dolphin pods. Like he had the song, we are the dolphin pod of universal love to come to the dolphin pod of universal love. And like, he had these crazy architectural, like futuristic, um, designs that he thought that the world was going to end up living in. Right. This is so crazy. Yeah. No, I can like give you, you need to put this shit out. Yeah. I it prob- sounds like a wild ride. I probably do. It's just, it needs to be like in sections as opposed to like one long documentary. Cause I think it really is just like, Five, like every interview should be its own thing. Also interviewed Laura Eisenhower. Forgot about this one. This is um, <laughs> Eisenhower's great granddaughter who said that the Illuminati's real. Um, her her grandfather Eisenhower was asked to start a colonization on Mars and he declined. And like all this other crazy fucking shit. Yeah, like, this is so wild. She's she's interesting so was the 5k that you raised was that to fund you going to the two places or splitting up into a team to like document them on the end of the world um, day? yeah more or less it was more than just mexico and costa rica it was also we went to uh the star knowledge conference which was like this navajo gathering on december 11th or december 12th um 12 12 12 because okay. that was like a day for them right, 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 you know right. um and we like did like powwows and it was just like so beautiful and like so much energy that's where i interviewed laura eisenhower that was in arizona then, like, we also went to San Francisco and did the Psychedelic Science. So it was just, like, all these events, all these conferences of, like, all these different people that kind of had, like, similar ideals. Hmm. None of, most of the people did not believe the world was going to end on December 21st. Right, but they, they said, believed, like, radical. A lot of people believed that, like, it was just ushering in a new age. Hmm. And, like, honestly, I, I agree with that, too. Like, overall, I think that absolutely I feel the world is different now than it was seven years ago. Well, I feel like when people would think, like, fuck, tomorrow, it's all over with. Like, you kind of want to change the way you've been living, especially that might wake you up from... Or it's the same thing as, like, if you walk outside and you almost get hit by a car, that shit could shake up your whole day and you start mm-hmm. thinking, like, fuck, why am I going to this shitty job every day? I should, like, do X, Y, Z, or this should change my life, or this, you know, I should start listening to people that are trying to tell me alternative ways of living, or so on and so forth. That's what it was. It was all about alternative ways of living that mm-hmm. are becoming more mainstream now, Interesting. I guess. Well, that's fucking wild. <laughs> we went on a tangent yeah, yeah goddamn um so then so this was 2012 so okay let's step back early let's go back i know we just got the most random shit but like where so you're from bronx i'm from the Bro- i'm from, from the brooklyn i'm from the brooklyn bridge <laughs> yeah i'm from brooklyn tight talk yes. about new york what was that like you born and raised yep Spike. left when i was 17 so lived there my whole life um yeah, I always wanted to get the fuck out. I think I always dreamed of California. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, um, like, I don't know, I always had a Hollywood fantasy, for right. sure. I didn't know what I wanted to do in in the industry, really. Um, at first, like, I thought I wanted to be an actress. Sucked at acting. Um, then I was like, I want to be a television personality, like Anthony Bourdain or some shit. Also, don't like being on camera so much so you guys are special this doesn't happen a lot (laughs) um then i thought i wanted to be a screenwriter um which i do still want to be a screenwriter right um but i never thought about directing because i've never seen women in that role Mm. so i just like first of all i don't think a lot of people know what a director does it's just like i don't think i understood what a director does so i became one honestly you know so um 
yeah, I think that it's important to like see other people do it so that you can do it. So that's why I like Instagram now is so important. I feel like Fuck yeah. I like love putting pictures of me like on set or like behind the scenes. So then like other girls can be like, Oh, you know what? I think that's what I want to do. Like, right. You know, cause like, I didn't have that when I was younger. Yeah. I didn't know it was a possibility for me. No, especially you know? like early on, it was so hard to understand that shit. Obviously Instagram and that wasn't involved or wasn't here yet, but it's like, you don't really, it's like when you go to college, for the first time, like when I went to college, community college, it's like they're making you take all these bullshit classes and then they're like, you're going to discover what you want to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what the fuck? So you go there and for some people it works. Some people go there and like, oh shit, I want to be an accountant someday. I didn't know I'd like punch numbers or whatever. That's fair. And I think now it's cool that we do have stuff like Instagram, YouTube, all that shit because you get to see like a real look into stuff and BTS is becoming like mandatory like people are always having totally. behind the scenes for something so you get to see how this shit works and it's inspiring for people mm-hmm. to see that especially for you it's like you said like like we talked about earlier not having or how many females have i had on this mm-hmm. and how like it's fucking crazy to me that most of the people that i know at least the first people that were like my close friends that were like oh yeah come out and be on your podcast like i didn't my first one was until shannon mm-hmm. I so think that was my first really girl, recent. Shannon, it was like my only yeah and now you're on here because of shannon which is crazy but it's like um I don't know. It's just very like thin. I feel like, but I feel like that's not, I just think that the exposure has never been on it or the exposure or people are always just gravitating towards these dudes for some reason. And there's no light on a lot of women, which is, so. I don't know your take on it. Yeah. No, coming back to the end of the world and the beginning of the world is that, so before we were in the age of Pisces, this is DK, like a Dominican expression, like supposedly, basically this is what they say okay. we were in the age of pisces and that was like a um more of a patriarchal society mm. so now the clock's moving back to more of like a matriarchal way of thinking mm. more nurturing more caring like not to say like women are gonna because i think that obviously there needs to be an equilibrium i don't think that it should be split women, women. Right, right. but like now we're moving the clock is like spinning backwards to like a different interesting way of and i see that now because i think that now people are more open to like women in different yeah, totally. roles so yeah Fuck. but back to brooklyn <laughs> yeah brooklyn so what, what was your family like where was it i don't know parents brothers sisters you had um my parents got divorced when i was eight um then my mom pretty much had a new basically karma came through and um my dad she know my mom was like a 23 year old when he was like 50 well impregnated 23 year old when he was 50 Oops. they were together when she was like 19 and he was like 47 which i just think is disgusting yeah, that's crazy. but anyways <laughs> my mom was strong and she was like fuck that you're not allowed back in my house right. and which i feel like a lot of women don't do they're yeah. like no we'll work this out and i feel like that definitely um affected me and like my way of seeing things because it's like Strong I think that's a, yeah so basically like a month later she met my stepdad and they've been together for like 17 Holy years shit. so like 17 let me see eight how old am i like 19 mm, i don't have 19 years yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. they've been yeah they've been together for a long time like longer Damn. than my parents were together yeah. so it's just crazy and then my dad's life like completely spiraled and then he died so life okay karma is just crazy yeah, um not that he deserved that karma but it's just i don't know life is interesting yeah. um so so is your mom was, you and i was an only child in my house right. growing up uh with my mom um and then uh, I have a 16-year-old brother from my dad, but right. we never lived together or anything, but I love him. Do you see, you see him? Or he lives, saw he him lives in Maryland. Hmm. Um, after my dad died, the mom didn't let me talk to him for three years um, and like was like telling him, you don't have a sister, da 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 But now, now we're good. That's good. Or like as good as we can be, so I'm just waiting for him to like grow up a little bit. Right, right, right. But um, we talk. Yeah, that's awesome. So 
between your mom, what, what did your mom do? Were, were you like, did she ever push you into creativity? Did you always? Oh you, yeah. I, did she push me into creativity? So she's like, you got to get the edit done. I like um, that. Um, basically, uh, my mom was an EKG technician okay. in a hospital, you know? Yeah. She's an immigrant. So she came to this country, um, like from like communism, Russia, communism, Poland. And, um, basically like, you know, they came here with nothing, whatever. Uh, she was like selling her art, like sculptures and stuff, you oh, know? Cool. Um, but my grandmother came to this country. I don't know how she became an EKG technician, but then basically she was like, here, this is what you'll do. You know what I mean? So, um, but that wasn't what my mom wanted to do. My what mom, do they do? Was that, what do you do? An EKG technician. I don't even think it's a job that exists anymore. Oh, I think shit. that it's like something with like, uh, giving people MR, like yeah, setting like the up the machine shit, right. when people have like a heart stuff i don't really know right but it's like not a great position it's just kind of like a got it whatever um like she didn't have an education or anything you know she was just like okay i'll do this yeah um but she was always an artist so then she got with my dad who was a doctor right Uh, they met in the hospital she actually saw my dad's last name and was like i want this last name i'm gonna marry him and it happened what the fuck um my dad was an italian american guy so like Basically, I grew up in an immigrant community. I yeah. grew up in Brighton Beach. So okay. that's like all Russians that mm. came from... It was, it's the biggest population of Russians outside the USSR. So like pretty much a lot of people came in 1991, like after... My parents came a little bit earlier. My mom came in 1968. Mm. But um, but yeah, so basically I grew up in this immigrant, on, immigrant enclave. Everybody was with someone else in the community. I was pretty much the only person that was like not fully Russian or yeah. Polish or anything. Like... I grew up with a lot of identity issues, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so my dad was an American, um, and where was I going with that? Sorry for my ADD. I hope <laughs> that it's okay. Your mom. My mom's are creative. Yes. So my dad was like, he made her quit his quit. He made her quit her job, but also like didn't approve of like when I was like eight around the time that they got divorced, whatever he was like, maybe cause he felt bad or guilty. He was like, you don't need to work anymore. It's like fine. You know? Um, and she stopped working and, Basically, before that, though, he never, even after that, like, he never, like, approved, like, he never believed in her creativity. He right. was like, what's this art shit for, you yeah, know? Yeah, So, when I was eight and my mom quit her job, because my dad was like, quit your job, she started doing Photoshop on the computer, hmm. um, gave, like, me and all my friends, like, Photoshop lessons, you know? Because she, so she was always a photographer, and, like, yeah. she always drew. Yeah. And so, I think she combined those two. And so, now she's fucking killing it, actually, because I've, like, inspired my mom now. Like, she always tells me, too, because, like, um... The one thing that I have that she didn't have was drive, right. and ambition, which is what I got from my father. Because basically, like, he also came from an abusive home with no- nothing, and like, you know, yeah, was I had like to figure it out. Yeah, and was like, I'm gonna become a doctor. Right. So um, that's crazy. So between like his like workaholic mentality, he literally died in the hospital. Like his workaholic mentality and like my mom's creative fuse, and I became. And so, God damn. but yeah, so now my mom is like having exhibits left, right and center. She had an exhibit in Brazil and now she's having an exhibit, um, in Russia, like with the, the Russian embassy. That's crazy. She, they live in Poland. My parents now, my mom, my stepdad, and they're like art socialites there. My stepdad's a folk singer. Damn. Um, for her photo work or was she, was yeah, she's a graphic designer. Yeah, photographer. Okay, gotcha. So she'll take, she'll take her specialty really is that like, she'll travel. Like for example, like the Brazil thing, like she was in Brazil, she did a whole like she'll she'll pretty much like make like take photos from her travels like in brazil for example and then like do some trippy shit yeah in right Photoshop. make it look wild yeah and the same thing like the russian exhibit is yeah. that too it's like russia but it's like telling a story of the country and the people and the culture yeah mixed with like some sort of graphic design yeah. plug her ig 
Yeah, hell yeah, Lavinia, follow her. I will definitely plug her IG. <laughs> Next time she's in Cali, she'll be on the show. That's so tight. Um, <laughs> so then, in high school, were you taking any like photography, video classes, anything like that? Yeah, I definitely started with photography. You did. Definitely started with photojournalism type shit. Or yeah. what were you doing? Yeah, photojournalism type shit. I would say, yeah. They didn't have a lot from, from at my high school, so I have no idea what like people are offered elsewhere. It was like a video class and then like a yearbook. I think I was scared of video, honestly. Yeah. Like, I think I always wanted to make movies, but I, like, the thought of, like, a video camera and then editing the footage and, like, putting it together, like, it just freaked me out. Yeah, yeah. I really needed school to, like, I needed videography 101. Mm. So. So, you did photography. What was, like. In school? What, yeah, was that start, what, like, what did that spark in you? What were you doing first? Were you, like, going out and trying to shoot people? What were you shooting? Like, you know, I mean, what was kind of your gravitation? Um, so, I think my creative thing really started with dancing, oh, actually. Oh, um, like I always used to like close my eyes and listen to a song and choreograph like a music video in my head. Like I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was first and like, you were dancing. Yeah. 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 I danced like competition dance until I was like 16. Nice. Um, and then also I was in all the plays and musicals in high school. I was a drama major Hell in middle yeah. school. Hell yeah. Um, Major in middle school. I swear to God, Bay was that, Academy. Was that what it was called? They had majors in, Holy shit. in in my middle school, and the only reason why I didn't have majors in yeah, New York's weird. The only reason why I didn't have a major in my high school is because I went to a private high school. So mm. we had like it was like very liberal artsy. Like I can't even explain. My, That's crazy. The coolest people in my high school were the jazz band. Yeah. <laughs> like it was very artsy. Damn. So I like never felt like an artist in high school. I didn't feel like I was good enough That's for, so for everybody else. And now I'm the only one of the only people being like that's like a successful like career artist from so the people just, you still follow and shit you can from like, the people that i went to high school with like yeah. no shade on anybody i think everybody's talented but there's very few of us now that are like actually still, still in the in shit the cre- and it's crazy because i thought the people that i really thought were gonna like be something aren't like yeah. the people that i was jealous of i like looked right. up to them i'm like oh my god they're gonna fucking kill it yeah. like they're gonna be the next judd apatow i was really into like stoner comedies yeah. in high school that was like my thing you're gonna be judd you're i wrote in my high school yearbook in 10 years kevin smith that's what you wrote to, yeah like we had like a thing like a little superlative shit or whatever yeah and god that was damn. like what i wanted to do stoner comedies jane and bob Love Were you writing scripts back then? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I would get so stoned and righteous. Like Xavier Renegade Angel, do you know that show on no. Adult Swim? I was really into like weird trippy shit. I know. I, I missed the whole Adult Swim era. Oh, like, okay. I don't okay. know. I just didn't. So basically, yeah. Like I was I watching loved... Grey's Anatomy. Oh, <laughs> I sure? I couldn't deal with the tears, man. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. I couldn't deal with like. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah. Um. So were you developing those? Like, I know you, you said like it took you a minute to get into video, but I'm sure you were like working with other video creators at the time, maybe? So yeah, so in high school, I was, besides being on the stage, I was taking photos in the dark room and everything. Like I was like in like a photo class like that. Yeah. A lot of pictures, yeah, of, like New York City and like people. I, yeah. like, I like people. Like even on vacation, like when I go like travel anywhere, I mean, when I say vacation, I don't, to me, that's not in a resort. I mean, like, I like to go to a country and, like, right. explore the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, yeah, I love taking photos of the people and, like, you know, because my mom taught me this, actually. Like, I would take pictures of a building and she's like, that picture is so much better if you get the building with the guy sitting in front of it because what's a, a building's empty. Right. There's nothing going on there. But yeah. if you show life, like, a person, humanity brings life to, yeah. to art. Absolutely. And so, scale. Is it yeah. so, but what I was getting at was, do you, with like the scripts you were writing, the shit that you were into comedy wise, like were you acting in videos or no, making I was content just like writing. that? It was I all was writing. Just writing. Nice. 
definitely didn't. And that's the kind. I mean, even now, like I kind of feel like scripts aren't anything. But like even music videos and you choreographing and being oh, in place. Oh, no, 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 no. I was like, I definitely didn't start. The only thing I had published back in the day, I wrote for my school newspaper. I was an arts and entertainment reporter. Nice. And then I did that again in college. And that's why I did journalism in school. Yeah. Well, I did journalism in college because film production, you needed to have a movie to get mm. into it. And because when I got into school, I was initially a film studies major. And then I was like, wait, I'm not going to learn how to use a camera. That's not what I signed up for. Right. So then I found out that that's film and media production, but you needed to make a short film to get into it. Just to submit, just to be accepted. Just accepting. to get into the, into, the, wow. into the school, you know? So I was like, um, well, I don't know how to, like, I was scared. I yeah. was the first to admit I needed school. So to me, broadcast journalism was perfect. I was going to learn how to do a vid- videography. I was going to learn how to edit. Like, I was going to learn all that. And I could still write my articles. I could still, like, maybe I wanted to be Bourdain. Like, I didn't know. And yeah. still do the film study stuff. So right. um, I started, yeah, so I started with um, newspaper articles. And then after that, I did spoken word, spoken word in high school, too, for a little. Um, so I also was writing, writing for a long time. A lot, yeah. I wrote a lot. Um, did, like, poetry stuff. When you say you, that you keep referencing Anthony Bourdain, were you traveling a lot? <laughs> oh, yeah. I grew were up you traveling. Tra- you were for traveling sure. a lot? Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, when I was 15, so I went to Europe all the time with my family because I had family in Poland and Germany. Um, then, like, and every time we would go to Poland, um, we would always, like, go somewhere else. Right. And now my parents live in Poland. So, um, but then when I was 15, I was like, fuck this Europe shit. And I went on experiment in international living. So yeah. I lived in Australia for five weeks by myself. Well, I had a host family, but when I meant like fifteen. Yeah, like I went. Basically, it was like a teen tour. Right. So I went. It was the first time I left without my parents. Yeah. And fell in love with Australia. Um, it's a fucking dope spot. Yeah, we like did ten days in the outback, which is actually where I fell in love with indigenous cultures. Was because we lived in the outback for 10 days and like with aborigines and like heard their like dream time stories. So it's Damn. like their stories of like underneath the stars, yeah, and, like how the universe was shit. created. That's and, crazy. Like, yeah, it was beautiful. And then I lived in a town called Oru and that was, um, we had a pet kangaroo. It was a town of 568 people. What the fuck? Yeah. Fell in love with a boy. Not in love. That's a lie. Obviously, <laughs> you know, um, but now he's a famous footy player, which is like Australian, um, soccer. Foot- yeah. Yeah, Matt Funny. Footy is the name of the sport? That's what it's called, yeah. Tight. Footy. Shout out to the footy people. Yeah, shout out Luke Tapscott. <laughs> yeah, shout out to <laughs> not, Luke. <laughs> not my only shout out on this show <laughs> at all. Your mom and Luke. <laughs> oh my God, LOL. Um, anyways, um, so, oh, and then the last part of my trip was that we went yeah. um, to the Great Barrier Reef, which is when I became really into the environment and like, because I snorkeled and saw all the bleached coral reefs and I was like, fuck, we're affecting the environment. So yeah, Australia was very life-changing because um, I realized a lot of things about myself. The next summer, I did it again, but I went to Japan. Mm. And we did like intense Japanese language courses every day. Was this through school? Yeah, so this is the blessing of like having gone to a private school because yeah. at first I like hated it because I went to public school until I was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And New York's very interesting because there's literally, you get a handbook of 500 public schools you can go to. And that's not even all the schools. There's also specialized high schools. And then my school was not a religious school. It was a private school. It was an independent day school. Right. So there's just like a plethora of options. You have to write your 12 options for like your public schools, right? I got into a school I wanted to go to. I was going to be a humanities major there, Midwood High School. But, you know, there's metal detectors and like, 
you know, my dad was just like, no. Yeah. Like, he saw me like, you know, having fun. I was in eighth grade. I was a bad girl. Yeah. I was definitely, the movie 13 was definitely my life. <laughs> okay. So my dad was like, I'm going to get you straight. You're yeah. going to go to this private school. In Which Park you weren't Slope. interested in. This Fuck private no, I didn't right. know anybody there. I was a complete outsider when I went there because everybody there oh, was the American. Worst. Everybody there was American from like, like an upper echelon family yeah. or like, it was a lot of art kids of artists. Um, but like Steve Buscemi's son went to my high school. Hmm. Um, good friend of mine in high school. Um, then like, like it was a lot of artist kids, but like these kids were just like, they were very wealthy. And yeah. like when you're, when you come from a doctor, like doctor money ain't shit in comparison to what these kids had. Right? right. Also like there was a big cultural difference. Like I, like I was very Russian to them. Yeah. But like in, in my neighborhood, I was like too American. Right. So like, it was just this like weird like thing. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I went to school in, in, in Park Slope. That was a big culture shock for me. Cause I had never met people like that in my life. Like they all like, it was just very interesting. Yeah, right. Like, I can't even explain, really. Like, to grow up in, like, a line of, like, liberal, artistic, Jewish people, like, from New York, from, like, lineage of, like, New York artists that right. are all successful. Like, what? Yeah, super. I don't weird. know about that. But so, did that was that, like, a, a driving factor for you? Like, being around that talent? So, I remember, like, in freshman year of high school, for example, I was really sad because all my friends would cut school. And I couldn't cut school because when I cut school, like my parents would get an email that I cut school. Get when I rest. failed the test, they would get an email that I failed the test. I fucking hated it. <laughs> so my freshman sophomore year, I was totally like I was going and chilling at Brooklyn Tech, like chilling, like um, like took, took like I, two trains away from my school was like this other school that like a lot of people went to. So I would like chill there after school. Um, I didn't like it took me a while to like yeah realize that these people like I, now I'm so grateful because I wouldn't have left I wouldn't have left New York if I didn't go to that school right. many people don't even realize it's an option to leave New York for college like people don't do it so going to the school was when this was getting you into the opportunities of going to like Australia and things like that or was yes that yes because right, right. they had people come to our cafeteria during lunch that were like experiment in international living and right. I was like uh yeah sign me up that's crazy um and then also we had like all these pictures of like different colleges you know mm. around the country I mean they were definitely not particularly proud that I went to Arizona State <laughs> yeah because right, basically right. after my experience of being in a high school with like do you know when someone is so liberal that they're conservative? Right. Like, it's like, like I, I'm definitely a very liberal person. People think that I'm fucking crazy with clearly everything yeah. I said today. <laughs> but, Go, on. But, Go on. But like this, I don't know. Like, I just feel like there's like, my ideas are very complex. Like, I don't think that because I think one thing doesn't mean I'm going to think another thing. I think of everything very individualist. Like I, yeah, I think yeah. of everything case by case. Sure. But this school that I went to was like, it's just, I feel like there's a detrimental, there's like a detriment to being very political, but like, so you can't even enjoy life. Or like, I can't even explain. They were just like very, like everything was an issue for them. It was like very negative. Like, yeah. so progressive that you're not being progressive. You're actually on the opposite. Right, right. So when I went to that school with 60 people in my grade, I was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to the opposite side of the country. Um, actually, in Japan was when I fell in love with mountains. I made a friend, Grace, who was from Vermont. And, um... When we were in Fiji or Fuji, I didn't Mount Fuji. I didn't even like notice the mountain. I was just like, take me back to Tokyo. Like this isn't cool. Really? Yeah, I was a very much a city girl until Damn. I was seventeen. Like I didn't really understand the beauty in nature until I did mushrooms. Yeah. 
My friend Kyle just like flew there and snowboarded, and he said it was like the best time of his oh, life. Oh yeah, I would fucking love to do that. I was so actually dope. a big snowboarder too. Really? Yes, I was on the snow devils in college. We went to Telluride and like fucking tore it up. Yeah, shred the gnar. <laughs> Wait, you is know, there a place with, is there a place with snowboard in Arizona? Snowball. Snowball. It's in Flagstaff. How far is that from where? Where'd you live? Where? I went to school in Tempe, Phoenix. Tempe. Yeah. So it's like two and a half hours north. Oh, that's easy. Flagstaff. Damn. Yeah. Snow devils. Yeah. Tight. So, anyways, I actually wrote a poem about it about about snowboarding my senior year of, okay. of high school. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So once I went to Vermont and visited my friend Grace that I met in Japan. I fell in love with the mountains and like, I was just like, holy shit, I need to be my mountains. I need the exact opposite of where I grew up. Um, I was actually also reading a lot of like Kerouac and stuff. I became a beatnik my senior year. Yeah. Yeah. So on the road. You've done so much, so much in your life, yo. This is crazy (laughs) as fuck to be, to be hearing all this shit. Well, that's because the last seven years of my life have been just fucking video, 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 killing myself in front of my computer. So like. Preach. Yeah, so you know, I lived life a, a long time ago. Now, now I don't have as many stories. Now to you're tell. just in LA. Yeah, now I'm just in LA shit. in front of my computer all day long. Damn. But God damn. So you went so cool. Sorry so for all. Set, I'm, no, I feel you. High school <laughs> set you up to be able to see life from a different lens. Yes, exactly. Which did. was nice. Yes. And then at one point you did mushrooms. I don't know where you were or something, right? And that woke you up I, to the forest, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Or some shit like that. It just shook you up there and like, like, oh, fuck, nature's dope. So did you ever go back to Japan? No, I have not been back to Japan, actually. Damn. And I haven't been back to Australia either. Um... So you went, ah, damn, okay. So then when do you move to LA? No, let's talk about college. So what were you doing in college? College, yes. So I basically was like, um... I want to go to the biggest party school with the biggest population of people because I want the exact opposite of what I have in New York. Went there, complete red state, which was like, oh my God, this is too red for me. I need to go back to my liberal bubble. So then like I thought that I like started applying for schools in New York again, or like not in New York, just like the New England area. Yeah. (sighs) My God. No, no go. So I got into some of them and then like, it was like April or something and I'm like chilling at my pool because all we did in college was pool parties or like even if it wasn't a pool party, you're just chilling by a pool. That's what Arizona is. Yeah, it's hot as fucking balls. It's just the best place ever. Yeah, I would go to call. I would go to school in a bikini, and that was normal. Really? Yeah, because it was 115 degrees in August. Was there a pool at school? Could you kick it? Of course, but you're not going to go to the pool. It's not like a tight pool. It's like the swimming. Michael Phelps is a teacher there, though. Currently, he's a swimming coach. Oh shit! So, (laughs) okay, cool. So, when you were in Arizona, did you ever get hit by one of those sandstorms? A monsoon, a haboob. Yeah. That's what they call them on the street. Uh-huh, boob. I swear to God. This shit's crazy. I went there like right after yeah. one had hit and it was like wild to see sand, sand and shit like everywhere. Yeah. Weird. Huh? I love Arizona. I wouldn't live there again, but like the other thing too was with uh, coming, I knew I wanted to go to California, but I also knew for college I wanted to live somewhere that I would never live again in life. That's an interesting choice. Actually, Colorado it was between Boulder and ASU. Yeah. But, um, and I like two of the biggest like party schools too, by the way. I'm, I'm telling you, this was literally, I was like a rebel without a cause right. at 17. You know, I was just like, send. I was just like, get me the fuck out of here because yeah. I just want to live life. Right. And I did. There you go. Great. All right, cool. So, ASU, or was that what it was? Yes, ASU. You did all that shit. And in that, were you starting to take video classes? Yes. You said so that. my, actually, wow, it's crazy. My videography class was my first semester junior year. So freshman sophomore year, I was still doing more like writing stuff. Right. So a lot of screenwriting classes. Yeah. But yeah, my junior year. 
So what what did you take? What was the class? Videography. Oh, just straight one on one. Gilbert Zermenio. Shout out to Gilbert. Um, was it third he, shout out? Yeah, now I'm gonna just do a lot. I'm like, Luke Tapscott <laughs> cannot be my only shout out. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah. So Z, as we colloquially call him, um, yeah, he definitely like pushed me. And I remember because when you do videography, like in school especially or just in general. You're shooting with the big Panasonic, like, C300 cameras, because this was news. Uh, you have to bring your tripod. I would take the train, because my school was in downtown Phoenix, but I lived in Tempe, because that's where the main campus was. Yeah. And I remember hating my life, and it would be so hot out. Oh, God, And I'm just yeah. like, I know I want this so bad, mm. but, like, I'm doing this because one day I'll have someone else carry the camera. Right, like, right. I'm just like... I was miserable, but I knew that I needed to do it to get to where I wanted. So I think I got really serious. I definitely was a, not only, not really a party animal, although like someone say I was a party animal and like not a nomad per se, but like in high school, I remember everybody was like, what the fuck is she going to do with her life? Because like, I just remember thinking that, like, I remember I had some friends whose parents were just like, she's so cute. What is she going to do? Like, like <laughs> she doesn't have a care in the world. Like, ha ha. Well, I'll hold them yeah, bitches because now you're <laughs> now you're watching my shit on the internet. Internet, that's yeah. crazy. So anyway, so yeah, so when I was 20 was when I got serious. Like, yeah. that was when I was like, okay, I do not want to have a job that I hate. Yeah, I need to make this money doing what I like, doing what I love, and what I love then, what I still love now. Like, yeah, ultimately, I love telling real stories and like I love cultures and right. stuff. Like I love exploring and I love like helping. Not how, like just like showing people other ways of life, I right. guess. Because I've, as you said, I've experienced so many different ways of life. Yes, you have in my life. In my life, so like <laughs> sure. it's just crazy how many subcultures there are in the world. Um, but then somehow I got thrown into music videos, and now I, I love that. I'm on that path right now. In college, or was that after you moved? My here? senior year of college. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, I was going to New Zealand. Okay. And um, I had just started talking to a boy, and we did acid together. So <laughs> tight. When you do acid with someone, just a warning, you're going to be like this right away. That's actually, that's a trick for you guys. If you want to like be like, <laughs> if you want to get to know someone within two seconds and you want to hang out with them and really, you know, just speed that whole process, do acid, just the two of you. The, the, the modern day Cupid. Literally, I'm telling you right okay. now. So it has happened with several, with several people. In this is, so this all happened in New Zealand? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was this going, so I was going to New Zealand. Missed your flight because of the acid trip no, no but the airport was certainly trippy on acid i'll tell you that much because i was coming down off acid but okay. it was me and this boy like fell in love in one night on acid and then i left for three weeks with another boy okay because i didn't know that that who knew that yeah, that was yeah. gonna happen yeah, you know right, right. and like the whole time in new zealand it was a boy that i was in love with my whole high school life in new zealand that i went with right okay but then like when i was there i was just texting this other kid and he's like who are you texting like it was crazy yeah right. it was like not what i was expecting long story short he um he was like hey i'm gonna do a music video for these rappers and i think i want you to help me with it and he had never done a music video either like he was also doing like um short form per little things right. too he worked for some company in new york um so yeah so i got back from new zealand and we shot this video didn't know what the fuck we were doing either of us at all like crazy um i got dp credit on it yeah um and he got director credit um, video has 12 million views now. The the, the rappers kind of like blew up. Who? Underachievers. Oh. Do you know them? Yeah. Um, who was just on the podcast that was touring with them? Damn it. I cannot think of who it was. Let me know. Let me know. Where are the they comments. from? Brooklyn. Brooklyn? Yeah. Fuck. 
were they in Europe maybe with Hendrick? I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. I'll think about it later. I don't know. That's going to piss me off. But anyway. Let me know. I'm so curious. So the first video you guys shot got 12 million views. Yes. Okay. Ever. Shout out to fucking that. Yeah. So um, after that, I basically had to go back to school because it was the summer before my senior year. Yeah. So we shot this the summer before my senior year. Um, I had to go back to school to Arizona where like, what the fuck is going on with like, I, after that first music video, I was like done. I loved like, it. I was just like, this is what I'm doing now. Like on it. What was it? Was it, was it, it was, you two just shooting? Like, was it just no, you two so, together or no, did no, you have no, a crew? No. So we had, we had, um, a girl, Jana, who like lit it for us. And honestly, like, let's be real. She was more the DP. Like we like, he was very good at like hiring the people. So, right. but it was not many people. It was like her and maybe one other person like it was very small crew the the rappers knew what they wanted they were like we just want to shoot with our homies out, yeah. outside of this mural okay word. so we did that yeah, yeah like there wasn't that much to it you yeah. know like i shot some of it like with the 5d right right 7d honestly maybe at that point um so anyways i loved it went back to school and was like okay i want to do this yeah so with that what happened was that he stayed in New York and like kept on like getting jobs, you know, mm -hmm. but I was still helping with them, like with the creative and like, you know, like we were still working together, even though I was far. So, um, when I was in school, my senior year of college, like I wanted to drop out. I was just like, fuck this. I need to be in New York. Princess Nokia was coming up at that time. I don't mm. know if you know who that is. No. Wiki and Rat King, like all these like local New York people. Yeah were like making a name for themselves in New York. And right. I was like, what the fuck am I doing in small town Arizona at the time? That's how I felt. Cause yeah. like, you know, you never know what you have till you're gone. So at that point I just wanted to get back to New York so badly. Wanted to be a part of the scene. I had a mentor my senior year of college, Aaron Brown. Um, he was the first, um, he, his first day on the job at CNN was nine 11. Oh shit. So he, he was a big guy in the nineties, like Anderson Cooper replaced him. So he That's had nineteen news with Aaron Brown. Yeah. So he was like one of those things in college. I knew I needed to get into his class. I took two classes with him, both the classes that he took, that he um, taught. He was the first person to tell me I had an eye. I shot a Coachella video in 2011. Um, and that, I think that was a video I had to take to get into his class. Oh, so shit. It was, at that point, I also needed to do videos to get into the class, but it was like I had already taken videography. Right, right. I had two naked people in my video at Coachella. Like just dancing to me, why? Who wouldn't shoot that? If you, why would you be shooting the band when there's two naked people dancing? Right. But I, you know, because you know that's what I was saying earlier. It's like you don't know you. you I can't really judge what I know. Other people judge it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so he was like, "Wow, you have an eye." Like, and I was like, "I have an eye. What does that mean? Don't you have an eye? Doesn't everybody have an eye?" He's like, "No, but you have an eye." Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, thanks." Um, and so he was the first. He also told me when I was in college, and I was I would freak out to him about everybody in New York's doing stuff, and what am I doing? Um, and he was like, "Relax, like." These some of these people like you're not gonna know them. They're not gonna be anybody in ten years. Like you're building longevity. Like right. like you know, don't worry about it. Yeah. And it's I mean that's definitely true. That's he, crazy. He also told me he was the one that was like you don't want to be a journalist. Like he literally told me he's homie. <laughs> he he told me, me he straight up told me that I was way too creative for it because like we would have like news pieces and I'm like playing with the RGB and like just yeah. like just I'm just like getting all trippy with it like mirroring images and like you know just he's like, like nah. you know that like 101 like editing yeah the little edit things you do to make it cool like I was playing I was experimenting with all that stuff like right. in like I definitely taught myself like more of the trippy shit right. um 
I guess he was just like, you're way too creative for this. This is not what you want to do. The fear is the failure. Go get what you want to do. The and I fear was like, is the failure. I was like, I'm not, I'm, I don't have fear. I'll jump out of a plane tomorrow. And he's like, that's, there's more ways to fear, honey. Just like sleep on it. You know, like he didn't say that, but like I went home and I thought about it and I'm like, you know what? That's true. Like, this is not what I want to do. Like, yeah, I want to be a director. Like I want to be like making more videos, you know? So then I, I did a commercial for this local bicycle company in um in phoenix because that was like pretty much the only thing i could do at that time right um and then yeah basically uh my now ex um he was like hey i have this video and we should totally direct it together um and i remember being so excited because this is all i wanted him to tell we were long distance my senior year of college we were long distance and I remember I couldn't wait for him to say something like that to me because, like, I really felt like I'm giving you so much creative input on, like, all these projects he was doing after that first project and, like, getting none of the... Yeah, reward of the creativity. Like, at all. When it's, like, you're straight up sending me edits and I'm giving Because he, he continued to do music videos and shit like that, so you're just, yes. like, weighing in, right? Got it. Yeah, probably, like, three or four right. he had done until this one that he was, like, let's do it together. And I was so excited. I'm, like, dancing around my house, like, thinking about the concept and the treatment and da 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 I give him the treat. I give him my ideas. Um, and he's like, oh, and then I remember he came to visit me and he's like, okay, I'm going to email the DP. And I'm like, okay. And he emails the DP and he's like, hey, this is the director. And I'm like, don't you think you should tell him there are the two directors? And he's like, I don't want to overcomplicate it. Whatever. So he ends up shooting the video with my concept without me. Oops. Yep. Um, it's over with. Well, it wasn't over actually till the fat lady sung. So karma bit that con, bit, bit that one also because what ended up happening, I don't know how it ended up happening, but like we ended up pretty much basically fully re-editing it at the time, and it did get both of our names. So the end of my senior year of college, I come back to New York. We do acid again um, at a music festival, Electric Forest. All oh, right, this is the same guy that you did acid with the first time. Right? Yes, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Yes, this is the first. This is who I got into directing with. Yeah, yeah, got it. Um, we literally started our careers together. First music video ever. So where's Electric Forest at? Michigan? Michigan. Yeah. Okay. So we went to Electric Forest. Yeah, I did a lot of festivals in college. I was a tripper. Right. Now I'm like so reformed. So, anyways, <laughs> like now I'm like Burning Man. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe, but I'm like mm-hmm. I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyways, so um, we did after again at Electric Forest, and he just started hysterical crying, and he was like it's always been us. Like, you're right. Like, we should do it. Like, we should do Yashana. So, like, that was our directing name. It was his name and my name combined. Right. And, yeah, so then we started doing Yashana after that. Like, he just felt so bad about, like, he just was crying about all, whatever he did to me. And I'm like, okay, so we'll do Yashana. So we started directing together because, you know, now I'm back in New York full time. Um, We did more videos for the Underachievers. Um... Then one of the videos we did for the underachievers. But the thing too was like, it was a rocky start because it's like, I was always there, but like, I wasn't, nobody knew I was there. You yeah. know what I mean? So. You're like the when, new kid on the block, even though you've been in the loop for. So when I got, when I got in, a lot of people were like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing this with your girlfriend? Like your pussy whipped, like da, 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 da. But they didn't understand, you know? So like, I had a lot of like proving of myself right. to do. Um, and then, and even like on set and stuff, like it feels a lot better now directing alone just because um, it's hard when there's a, a male and a female director at the same time. Maybe now it would be different. I don't know. Yeah, I but don't like know. I think that back then there was just a complex of it 
for a lot of reasons. Long story short, though, um, we had we did a video for the underachievers. It's called Amorphous. Okay. Um, it was pretty much like I wrote it when I was in my office at I worked at a forex company after college. Um, FXCD it was called. So like uh, trading currencies. Okay. It was my uncle's company. Nice. And my mom was like. You're the only one for the family. You're the only one in the family working for that company. Like you can be so rich. Like think about it. Like take this yeah. seriously. And I'm just like, no. Like this is just so not me. Like I'm. This will just never be me. I don't care how rich I can be. Like this is just not. I'll be rich another way. It's right. fine. So when I was in that office, it's a beautiful office in the World Trade Center. Like you see a whole. All the will. All the uh, windows are glass. You see the whole like New York City, Empire State Building um when so was this 2014 got it so in 2014 i wrote a treatment based on my life basically i'm like we literally shot it in my uncle's office damn um and the concept of the video was just like leaving your fucking nine to five and going <laughs> your and joining. uncle's like watching the cut like oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and joining the revolution and so that video is very much like my concept and because i think like um when you were working two directors, I think that like sometimes it'll be more one person's idea and others will be more another person's idea. Right. Um, so anyways, that video, um, we had like a hundred extras come to Washington Square Park. Goddamn. And one of the extras that came worked for Atlantic Records. And she was like, I want to show my boss this video and get you more work. Damn. And so that's how we got into bigger and better things. That is fucking crazy. Yeah. So when you start getting into bigger and better things, is this with him still? Or are you guys working as oh, yeah. a duel? For, yeah. That was goes on for a while? We, yeah, it went on until uh, November 2016. So actually, it's really funny because we didn't really get a label. So this happened in 2014 that the label hit us up. And I was very much like, I'm the type of person, like, I'll email you. I'll email you 10 times. Like, you can't, you can't, like... You have to have that sort of energy, I feel like, to be successful, like, in this business in terms of, like, they're not going to remember you. Like, you need to, right, you need right, to remind right. them who face. you are. Yeah. So, we emailed them. I don't remember if we got a treatment right away, but it, long story short, it took a year and a half to get a treatment from from them. And yeah. I remember, um, or a year and a half to get a viable video. Our first label video was Little Uzi, uh, P's and Q's. Oh, that's dope. Um, so, before that, like, we probably wrote on, like... 20 things i don't know a lot you know yeah. from this one commissioner she was our only connect in the label world it's crazy um and i remember telling him i'm like let's email her again and he'd be like she knows who we are and i'm like no she doesn't know who we are let's email her again yeah and then we emailed her again and then like you know yeah everything worth. happened so That's crazy because you gotta think like how many that was one day that she met you guys and then she didn't meet every- us she never even met us it was an intern of hers that, that oh, like she, right put Fuck. us in email contact damn yeah damn so you guys got little uzi we got little uzi funny because we had already broken up at that point so every did you big, do it together yeah we did about like seven big videos together so oh. we did uzi and it was all from this one commissioner we did a Uzi. Um, we did a Lupe Fiasco video. Yep. Um, we did a Kalani mm-hmm. Distraction. We did five Trey Songs videos. We did a PNB Rock video. Um, am I missing anything? So, what do you think you wrote in that last email that sparked it for her? I don't know because I mean I can't remember now. If, like I don't know if I feel like we had we wrote on you was right, 
And I feel like that was before P's and Q's. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't think, I think that it was more, I don't remember, maybe she's, we probably sent a video with the, right with it. And she was like, oh, okay, here, right on this. I remember the first treatment we ever wrote was $10,000 for Stolly. He's a rapper from Ohio. Totally, I know Stolly. But um, did they, they, that got shot? Not by us. Oh, right. But I just remember getting a $10,000 video. I'm like, oh my God, I made it. Yeah. Look, mom. Because yeah. I was just doing $500,000 videos like in my car. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, So we didn't get that video. But I think that she consistently started sending us videos. Or maybe like, I don't remember what the, like how many videos we wrote. But it was probably like our concepts that. Right. The concepts and you were showing samples of like what yeah, you've been that, doing. Yeah, that like got us to that level yeah, where she was cool. like, okay. So that's crazy. That was a whole slate of fucking, I mean, those are big videos. Yeah. And it was all from one commissioner and we were broken up. We were like in this weird, <laughs> so weird. yeah, like it, it's, it is weird. Was um, it weird working with him then on those so jobs? So basically like we were in an open relationship Yeah. for during all of those. But then I met my current boyfriend, uh, right before we shot our Kalani video. We shot Kalani and PNB rock in the same week right. in New York. Oh, you were going and back to New York for all these? No, 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 no. Most Just of them were one. here. Right, gotcha. The Kalani and P&B Rock right. were the only ones in New York. Um, but, yeah, I was here. I went to Seattle for a night to hang out with my now boyfriend because he invited me to Seattle on our third date because I hooked these guys real quick. I don't know. <laughs> like our first date, he was like, come to Seattle. And right. then I went to Seattle. Um, but me and my ex were always very open about like what we were doing with people. So yeah. obviously he knew I was going to Seattle to see this kid. And then I came back. Um, so that was when it started being like, like he definitely like tried to, on Kalani, I feel like, because he was probably mad because of, whatever like right, right, right. it was just a lot of ego and yeah, like emotional toxicity fuck. like now we're cool like i wish him all the luck in the world but yeah. like there was like you know a period where it was weird so but the last straw our trey songs videos was the last videos we had done together hmm. and at that point i was already like full blown with my new boyfriend yeah so that you gotta imagine that's another level like he was already out of our house God damn. he was already out of our house like you know, like he flew back to California now for this video because he basically went back to New York after we broke up. Um, Jesus. So, yeah. And were you guys, were you still somehow able to like focus on the product? Like. When you were doing it, it was still work, like, you know what I mean? Jo work yes, with work? but I remember the energy on, like I haven't worked with that commissioner since then. Mm. Um, I don't think he has either. I don't know. Like, now I hit her up, and I'm like, hey, like, look at my new work. Like, I'm, I'm a different girl. Like, right. I, she had, like, she doesn't know. Like, I'm such a different person from who I was on, on those sets, because now I'm directing by myself. Right. Like, I've been directing myself by myself for, like, three years now. Yeah. So it's just, like... And that, by the way, also, like, I pretty much had to start over. Yeah. Like, when we... I pretty much... I, I was very miserable in my last relationship, just because of, like... We were both miserable. I mean, right. We were just, like, doing everything, like... Because on top of that, we also had a clothing company. Like, we were just, like, really... So, yeah. So, like, when I broke up with him, I broke up with, like, everything. All of your work. Everything. Like, for four years, I'm telling you, like, from 20 years old... Yeah, when I was 20 years old was when I stopped being... I just became this, like, workaholic person at 20. Right. I was like, this is when I'm going to start. Yeah, so from 20 to 24, like, this was our company, Pangean. Like, he has a matching half sleeve. God damn. <laughs> he has the moon. <laughs> like, we were, like real serious about what we were doing yeah you were um but i wasn't happy yeah and so i ultimately was like i want to be happy and the universe is going to work in my favor 
which was goes back to my mom, I think, breaking up with my dad or not break, just kicking him out of the house because yeah, right. he fucked her over. Yeah. I was just like, if my mom can do it, I can do this, I think. Kind right. of just like in the sense of like, this is not the end all be all. This was like a part of my life and it was very hard. And I mean, how hard it was for me, it was obviously probably harder for him because he didn't have anyone else. But yeah. like, that's just, we, I wasn't an asshole in that situation. Like we, we got ourselves to this point where it was just like, yeah. So, so interesting. So anyways, um, yeah, it took me a lot of time to like rebuild and regrow. Right, because when you're doing this underneath your branded name, people are just knowing you guys as a duo yeah. or were they even focused on the duo? Did you, your brand kind of have its own image of itself? The you know brand what I mean? was the duo, yeah. the couple, like we wanted to be like, we want, we were really every, but nobody believed in us in us together. I think a lot of people believed in him and didn't believe in me, hmm. uh, separately right not to like victimize myself or anything but just, a lot of people like as in who like are people hiring you no 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 no. people hiring us believed in us for right. sure yeah. i guess i'm talking about like haters at home right, so right, right. I got are you. they even who matter no, no you're right. right you're right i should be focusing on the professionals <laughs> so so um yeah no people loved the concept of yeah. of a couple directing together mm-hmm. and so when that couple aspect of it went away it was much harder to sell myself on my own and it was really frustrating because it was like like that Kalani video was another one that was like it was so obvious to me that that's like a woman came up with the concept and like direct and like him he too was like oh this is gonna be your video like your thing, but it, it didn't play out that way because like when you are a part of a duo and then you try to sell yourself separately, well what what do you what have you done by yourself? And right. I'm just like uh this fucking bike commercial from five years ago like <laughs> yeah it's fucking weird right you know like it's like what do you mean like I still directed all these things you yeah. know. So there was a lot. It took me after we broke up. It took me maybe like eight months or so to get a job by myself. Damn. We broke up. Yeah. So November, and then I got a job in like July. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So. So was what was rough. your process for finding work? Like, how were you doing it? Well, luckily, uh, we had a manager, a rep, mm-hmm. email us after my Gucci Mane video. Yeah. Our Gucci Mane video. She emailed us and I was still, I'm a hustler. Like I told you, I was checking our email. He didn't check it. Damn. So she hit us up and she was like, hey, although I think also like this, everybody has their own path. Like this was meant to be my path that I got hooked up with them because they were very maternal. Like I'm not with them anymore, but one of them was a Polish girl. Mm. There's no Polish people in Los Angeles. That's crazy. Like the fact that one of them was Polish was really weird. And the other one reminded me of my mom. She was like a Jewish mom type situation. So... Yeah, so I was like, hey, uh, we're not working together anymore, but I would love to, you know, work with you guys. And they were like, okay. And so my first video with them was a Neon Trees video. Damn, that's um, crazy. Yeah, and now I'm with, with other people. Right. Um, so How were you guys finding work before? But just through that commissioner? That yep. was, all those jobs were just through that one person. That's, that's how much she believed nuts. in us. So that's she really nuts. believed in us. And then, like, I think the energy on that Trey Songs video just... Because yeah, you did how many Trey Songs videos? We Three. Did, it was five. Five. And it was a week long shoot. For all five videos. Yeah, because basically, like the whole concept—it's like pretty annoying actually. Because the whole concept was like a Bachelor spoof, a spoof on the show The Bachelor. So it aired on VH1's so yeah. Week of Love in okay. February. Um, and I was super hype about it. I loved it. Yeah. You know, I thought it was like I was—it was the greatest thing I had ever done. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Right. <laughs> so. Um, and it was like a real, it was like a film set. Like it was a half a million dollar budget. Yeah. Which is insane because three months before that, our biggest budget was $18,000. Right. So we just like skyrocketed. Didn't know what the fuck to do with that amount of money or like. Was the commissioner worried? 
That I mean, knowing no, the that they gave you this much. No, the commissioner just gave us a producer that um handled it. That handled it, yeah. Um, and because we had a production company, Pangean. We had right. a production company. Everything was going through our company, but like we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. I don't think the two artists should run a company. <laughs> like I think you need a, a company a person. person. Yeah. yeah, like now I have a new production company and um, Ella, my producer that I'm running it with, like she was a lawyer. She's very much like a business, like yeah, organized. Like she knows all the legal contracts that we're signing. Like like we're very much like a yeah, that's dope. A duo, like a yin yang. Yeah, you know perfect. I mean? Whereas before it was just like we were two alphas trying to like, it was just like not. Yeah, it's it was just it's, not. It's a alphas and artists like it wasn't gonna work. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, all of them were through her. And then, um, oh, what I was saying about the Bachelor spoof though is that the way that the videos were released on YouTube are just as videos, so okay. it's just each individual video, because they were all like little like they were episodes they on were, TV. Mm-hmm. right okay gotcha. not half an hour they were like 11 minutes or something it was yeah. probably like long commercial breaks or whatever yeah um they're on my website but they're not on youtube because you would have to pay on apple to watch them mm. i feel like that's the worst so that just broke my heart because i was so proud of it and now it's like you go like there the links are on youtube with the full stories but they're unlisted yeah so it's like they have like a hundred thousand views when like the videos have like 50 million views right like it's just yeah because when this was when trace on's was like crushing mm, i mean i loved his album tremaine it was a good album but i feel like he when was this like a, it was a year 2016 and a half yeah yeah i feel like he was at he was at the top of the ladder then yeah yeah no he had yeah so that they, album that i honestly that album is like a great piece of work like i i still will like watch my videos and be like jamming yeah, to the song right, and like right. you don't say that about a lot of the things you yeah do, you know? That's, Once you finish a project, you're just like, I never want to hear this song. No again. fucking shit. For real. <laughs> um, we just did a contest for Black Window Cream. It was like our first time doing a contest. And uh, we partnered with Epidemic Sound. So they gave us a bunch of music. It's like a music licensing company. And so we picked like 10 songs that they had to choose. And so many of them grabbed like this hip hop song. And I now I've somehow blocked it out of my head, the lyrics of it. But we had to like watch all the submissions. And it's always the same song. We were like, we can never listen to this song again after this shit. <laughs> Epidemic sounds is great. Sorry. <laughs> but that, but that one song is fucked. Can't hear it no more. Uh, so cool. So you get, you finally like kind of get pushed into your first video, which was, what did you say it was? A neon trees. Yeah, neon trees. Good. So what was the experience like that doing it by yourself was it as easy as you thought it would be like you know i mean i was nervous as fuck because not only was it my first like big budget for me yeah and like solo. in comparison big budget video by myself like i also hadn't done a video in eight months you right. know what i mean so and it was like a really um ambitious shoot we shot it at the saguaro hotel in palm springs mm. like every, like we rented like 12 bal- 12 hotel rooms to shoot on all the balconies yeah. like um but yeah it w- no it it was definitely nerve-wracking but um it was great yeah well, because well. like nobody can tell me i cuz like a problem i had before directing with him is that like he pretty much always would have the conversations with the dp right um and like it was just understood kind of like i would be doing the art or the styling or whatever and like he would just like of course it's not like i can't talk to the dp i would but like he would just be like let me let me do it because like they'll understand me or like just like some like yeah right 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 just shit like that you know so it just felt really good being like nobody can tell me 
this is my set. Yeah, like, there's the, nobody else. Parts of it, are yours. it just honestly felt amazing. Yeah. And it's like, it's uh, people that can do like directing duos. It's amazing. Yeah. I think that like, I think now if someone wanted to collaborate on a project with me, it would be different because I have this experience of directing by myself, but like, right. to never have directed before. And then like, just jump into a duo and like with your boyfriend, like it was just a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now I, I, now I definitely know how to direct alone. Yeah, um, it's great. I love it. So then, what were some of your projects after when you started going solo? So uh, yeah, so the Neon Trees, um, Sammy Sanchez and Raycon, mm. um, which uh, was my first Spanish video. It's a fun. Yes, I'm really trying to get more into the Latin market. That's like honestly my dream. Like really, really. Do you know Mike Ho? I or, mean, I I know of Mike Ho. You know I, of Mike Ho? I don't know him personally, but we have the same VFX guy. Oh, uh, who? JR. Yeah? Yeah, well, obviously, oh, yeah, Shannon. Oh, no, I forgot about that. Duh. <laughs> yeah, JR's how I know Shannon. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Shannon knows JR because of me and Andrew. Oh, you, and, oh yes. Yes. I don't know Andrew, no, but I know. I got me Andrew. And he's been working with Cinema Giants a lot lately, too. And Andrew they do, has. Yeah, with Mike. I don't know. So those dudes cool. are all different. I mean, yeah, no, that's definitely, like, what I'm trying to do. I want to, like, live in Puerto Rico for a little and, like, do reggaeton videos. That'd be tight. That's where I'm trying to be right now. But anyways, yeah, so I did that video. Then I did um, Zach Abel and Saweetie video. Um, so Zach Abel's a British guy. So I've been doing a lot more, like, different worldly things. Um, just now I did the Doja Cat and Rico Nasty video, Tia Tamara. Right, talk just, about that. Because we were supposed to do this podcast, like, right when it came out or something, so that we were trying to we were trying to plan accordingly. I think I canceled this last time. <laughs> but it didn't get to happen. It's but, fine. It, it turned out fucking great. I don't want to play it with the music on, but I like watching it. Okay, cool. What was your favorite part about this video? My favorite part about the video? Like, what do you mean? Just what did you like about it? Like, what did you like that you accomplished? Oh, the the VFX, I guess, like in terms of... It was definitely my biggest green screen video in terms of like pretty much... There was only one setup without a green screen. Really? Yeah. That's oh, sure. all VFX. Damn. Jared did all this? No, Jared didn't do any of that. That was uh, um, Philip Rugo and uh, Kitten Janae. Nice. Are their names? Yeah. Yeah, it looks fucking wild. This shit looks fucking crazy. Go on. Um, Sorry. Yeah, so that's arguably the biggest video that I've done. I've obviously done more than what I named since we've broken up, but yeah. my, uh, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Proceeds me, my mind. Proceeds me. Yes. Um, have, have you done commercials or anything like that? It's no, just all focus on music it's videos. All the music videos. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to do a commercial, but right. it just hasn't happened yet. So you were repped by these two ladies prior. That stopped when? That stopped because I was suggested to um, that. I was told that. I don't know how much I could say. What do you think? It's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you. I try. I try not to have to cut anything out. So okay, you tell. Okay, you okay. tell me. Well, or just or you could just say you I stopped mean, working sure with the master point and moved on. Well, yeah, because I mean, I'll tell you and you tell me what you think. But like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not name dropping, so whatever. Okay, cool. But, yeah, you um, don't got name drop. Someone told me that they were detrimental to my career because like they didn't have a good name. Like basically, the year year and a half that I worked with them, I have I had written on like literally sixty treatments. Yeah. Like that year was a boot camp for me. Right. Because right, right. I really just started writing ideas, writing ideas, like learning before we hired somebody to write our treatments, and then now I was like doing them myself in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I got two videos from 60 that I wrote on. And so 
another person who told me you gotta you gotta cut the cord yeah told me that it's probably not just it's not me it's like their relationships it's, it's and who is putting me forward that you know they're not trusting right so anyway so she hooked me up with the people who rent me now which is um emily sanders at revor nice yeah um and like kind of tara razavi okay that happy place um that's dope yeah so yeah they've been like helping me a lot mentoring me a lot um so it's really good how important is it to find mentors like that in in this space right now i think it's so important yeah like i don't know i try to mentor people too because like you know obviously i'm not some big hot shot but like there are people that look up to me um but it's interesting like who takes it and who doesn't you know what i mean like yeah there's this one kid who like you know i told him i sent him a, a clip and i was like oh this is inspo and he was like he was like sent me question marks back and i was like this is i you i feel like you do stuff like this like i this inspired me i thought maybe it could inspire you yeah and he was like i don't need inspiration i'm good thanks and i was like i what? get it the fu- and, and i was like <laughs> I was like, I get inspiration from everywhere I look. Yeah. So, and he was like, I don't get inspiration from like anything. Like I'm my own thing. And I was just like, with that attitude, honey, you are not going to go very far. I mean, I didn't say this, but in my head, I'm right. just like, listen, you're lost. Like, but then he gets out of his like text conversation with you and goes to Instagram and just starts fucking dumb fucking his phone and looking at all kinds yeah, of like, yeah. And it's just like, I mean, like it, it annoyed me a little bit. Cause I'm just like, but I'm also just more like, well, sad I don't know why people are like, no matter what, like what makes someone feel like they have the level up over someone else? Like, nah, 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 I don't need your shit. Like I, what? Like, I'm sorry. Just... I phone my creativity only on Sundays. Oh yeah. Sorry. I'll wait till then to send you this text. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. That shit's weird. Like, yeah. So, um, I mean, I think that like you can always be learning. Cause even like I had a conversation with Tara today for like 45 minutes. Um, and she was saying like, you know, I'm always trying to reach perfection. Like also, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I feel like even Spielberg, you can't become a Spielberg without like realizing that there's ways to get better. Like right. I never want to say, Oh, I'm the best and I'm good now. You know yeah. what I mean? I want to be the best. Cause like Tara was giving me some tough love today and she was like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, and I'm like, don't be, no, like, please tell me more. Yeah. Like I want to be the best. So like I want to hear this, you know, yeah. but not every director is going to do that. Right, Many right, people right. are just going to be like, "No, I think I'm doing this correctly" or whatever, you know. Yeah. But it's good to have those like conversations. Totally. So you you would ideally like to s- s- go beyond music videos? Of course, yeah. I definitely want to win an Oscar. I want to be an EGOT, really. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'd like to make movies. I'd like to be a showrunner. Right. I feel like you would. You should dip back into the doc space because I feel like you would kill it. You're the person that needs to go live somewhere for a while with a camera and just shoot some wild shit. That's what I want to do. How much? So how do you find your DPs and shit? Like on these music videos, how are you finding the teams that you're working with? Do you, have you like kind of assembled your squad or? Um, I've assembled my squad, but I think that no squad is ever like truly assembled. Honestly, I yeah. think that the squads can always be interlaced mm-hmm. um this is actually like what i was talking to her about this morning just like you never want to get too comfortable with your team i yeah. feel like just because like like for example like i love jr but like i needed to hire those other people for the vfx because literally i wrote my treatment with what they specialize in in mind right right, right totally. so it's like you're never gonna have like not like there's always projects for certain people i feel like you yeah know? Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, I think just like being in the industry, you just like meet more and more people. Honestly, I meet a lot of people on Instagram. Yeah. I think we met on Instagram. Well, I guess Shannon, but like, you know. Yeah. But like, you know, you just meet through 
there's like different right. six degrees of separation. That's interesting. Um, so that was, was the Dojo cat. Was that, when was that video? That was like a month ago. Yeah, actually exactly a month ago. I think 6.9 million views. How's it feel? Does it? Okay. So like when you do a video, do you ever go through the comments? There's 17,000 of, of them. I go through them. Do you? No, I mean, I definitely haven't seen all 17,000 because at one at a point it gets overwhelming. Yeah. And I think when you do these big videos, like I did like a bunch, I added a bunch of Chris Brown's videos when I first moved here and I would like try to see if anyone noticed like some of the stuff I did. And then I scroll through, but it's all just like team breezy, team breezy. And I'm just like, fuck, come on. Where's one that just talks about the video? Like, That's oh, that was funny. cool how they did that. No, there's some video ones on there for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of video ones. That's on good. But I mean, you're not going to, not every video is going to have a lot of video comments, you know? Right, 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 totally. But I, this is, there is, there's definitely several on there. If you want to, if you want to find some, I don't know what you're doing. This but. comment, this comment here says, um, director, how many looks do you want? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's a lot of those, like, direct, <laughs> like, this video was directed by Lisa Frank. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so what do you have next on the horizon? What I have next, um, I'm doing a Serati video. Nice. On next week. Um, I have a BB Nombre video coming out. He's a Dominican trap artist, but we did a reggaeton video. That's tight. Um, that's coming out on March 29th. I have a G Perico Pilo video dropping also in a few weeks. What's your process when you do your music videos? How long from start to finish does it usually take you? Pending artist schedule. Like someone, you know, you write on treatment, boom, the treatment gets granted. How long till you usually shoot when you shoot? Is it usually like one day videos? Is that usually your thing or... You try to shoot, like, do you try to do it all in 12 hour day or? Oh, oh, the actual video, like yeah, shooting yeah. of the video. Right, right. Um, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's also like budgeting constraints. Right. Like if you have more money to play with, you also have room to shoot in a longer space. But I'm shooting a video in Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic up in the air right now. Um, I have some friends on both islands that are figuring out. Um, with production stuff, but regardless, those vi- that video, it's for Ram Riddles. That video will probably be a um, a two like a multiple day shoot, right? Because I feel like when you're on location, it's a little bit easier to shoot on several days. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, all my videos are twelve hour. Where's day. the farthest you've traveled for a video? Have you shot much out of LA, New York? Have you ever shot I'm, in I'm Iowa? Think- I'm literally thinking. Um, Vegas. I shot, I shot two videos in Vegas. Um, yeah, it's so sad, man. It's so fucking sad. Well, I mean, it's like really hard to do it. Palm Springs, I shot a video. No, it's it, it's really hard to what? To like get a, I mean, to get someone to approve something that's not near that's a, a very, bunch of shit. That's a very American thing. Because yeah. like in the UK, they're constantly shooting in Ukraine. Like Ukraine right. is like the hub. It's my dream because, you know, my family's from Ukraine. Right. So like my dream is to shoot in Ukraine. Um, my friend who's a director in Puerto Rico, like is shooting in Colombia constantly. Mm. Like it's just, it's, 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 it's crazy. I don't under, like, they don't understand it. Like people elsewhere don't understand it because like, for example, my friend's a director in Puerto Rico. Um, he went to Colombia to shoot a video that has nothing to do with Colombia. It's straight up like in a house right? because it's cheaper to shoot in Colombia. Yeah. 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 Then like, they're always in, a, in, um, in the UK, they're constantly going all over Europe, like yeah. Spain, um, Lithuania. They were shooting a video, like they were just shooting a video in Japan. Like I don't know. I feel like here, the US just like doesn't realize like like it'd actually be cheaper if you let me go to Mexico City right, and shoot right, it right. in Mexico City. But you're just so worried about this price of a flight right. that you don't understand that everything else will be cheaper once we're there. It's crazy, right? So I'm really trying to like get 
more like my my um website says global director but that's more of a manifestation right now i guess than like a reality it's a good thing to place um just because like i'm really i listen to i don't really listen to much american music yeah i mean i mainly listen to spanish music like musical urbano like like all the like urban music that Mike Ho does videos for, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse Torero. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All those guys. So, anyways, um, yeah, that's like pretty much what I listen to the most, um, and like what I'm up to date on. But like, also, like I don't know, there's like some Indian trap artists that I like, and like, like who? Like Indian trap artists. Yeah, you're saying there's like one specific person that's um, killing it right now in the game. I don't know anyone. No, they're not really. They're like old school. Oh, word. Yeah, people. I can name drop lots of spanish people if you want but don't know about don't know about the indian guy <laughs> but the point is that like i'm just always like researching yeah, like um, different shit. russian oh russian music and polish music yo russian rap is like amazing crazy well igor creed is like great timothy um there's enspiel miyagi mm. gribs oh my god Gribe. like mushrooms is the name of their band Damn. they're great and they have, these videos have like 400 million views, but you've God never heard of them. Damn, it. I know. Isn't that weird? You know? So, yeah. No, honestly, for me, and then like the Polish guys I like, um, it's uh, Taco Bonafide is, is their name. It's like this guy Taco Hemingway and this other guy K Bonafide, and they like made a super group together. Um, it's like Polish trap. Um, and I, I, I just, I, I wanted to pull it up and I just went to my other tab and it's your friend Leiloni. Ah! Are you gonna keep that in (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of the Spanish dudes I'm listening to right now, um, Paulo Londra. He's this Argentinian guy I really like. Um, Then I love Kazu. She's also Argentinian. I would love to work with her. Nadi Natasha, Dominican girl. Do you ever try reaching out to the artists? Of course, I've reached out to like. Well, that's how I got Bibi Nombre. Oh really? Dominican guy. But I hit up like a bunch of artist managers and it's just hard that's why i really want to go to puerto rico and like be there right you know? right right totally um i want to um i'm pulling this up so i always ask yeah. i always ask my community to ask you questions i just want to make sure i ask some of them wait is this live no <laughs> it's like shit <laughs> no this is not live <laughs> this should go out in like three weeks um but i always let them ask you questions i just try to save it Save a couple, but so okay. my people on Patreon, let's see what we got here. Dakota, he says, my question is when you get signed onto a project, are they expecting the video to have a similar style to the past videos or do you have more creative free reign with new projects? Also shout out to female directors. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because it's like you obviously always want to try something new, but they're also like trusting you. They also want to work with you because of what you've done before. Right, right, right. Um, but mainly what they're looking for is that whatever you wrote in the treatment that they liked that that's what they're going to see on camera. Exactly. So. Right. That's, that's makes sense. Um, Georgia Schofield says, Hey, Oh, I know it's a little thing. I, I never read these before. I, what if they just said some <laughs> fucked up shit right now? <laughs> I know it's a little thing, but when people say female director, um, it says that they're not good enough to be a director. Here's a trick to figure out whether you should say, fe- Oh, this is so interesting. I had this conversation with Shannon. What, what would you say? If someone just referred to like a female director or a woman director, does that offend you? This is what I mean about people getting too offended. Like, it's weird, no, right? that's not offensive. This person is telling me like basically what, like maybe a proper way to say it. Cause someone would say you wouldn't say male director. Oh my God. Shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Respect to you. But like, yeah, of course I don't want, like, I, I just don't actually think about it really. Like, 
people come on my sets and like my sets are like 80% women. Like just not yeah. because not because I'm like I'm definitely not some like I don't know, I don't want to start controversy, but like I'm just not I love men and I love women and like I just love humanity. Like I'm not like I need to have only women on my set. It's just like naturally what's happened to me over time. Sure. Um like pretty much the only people on my team. So you usually hire like 50 people right. when you're directing a video yeah. um, or like that's the range I'm in right now. And I would say it's about like 10 men because it's just like the camera department, camera and lighting department and PAs. Right. More or less. Like almost everybody else on my sets and my BTS photographer, almost everybody else is a woman. And like it's it's just what's happened. So and people come on my sets and they're like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. This is amazing. Like other girls. Yeah, like, like, like they come and they're just like so happy. And I'm just like, just happened to my world. Like, yeah. I don't know. This is just how I live. Um, so like, I understand like, like I just don't think that that's a, like, no, I think that right now, there's, I never know. Right now there's not a lot of women directors and honestly, it's actually a selling point. It's an advantage to be a woman director. Like I've literally had rappers hit me up and be like, you're the first woman that I'm ever having direct my video. Like I'm super excited so to work dope. with you. I've had treatments come into me just because they only want a woman directing right. it. So like no, there's nothing wrong with saying female director. Yeah, what? I don't know. They followed up with saying that you have epic shit. Your colors are very v- oh, vivid thanks. and what's your. <laughs> I don't mean to shit on you. <laughs> no, but I but I, I'm on the same boat because I always I always wonder like you know I never it's not like I yeah my first female uh, blah 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 this and that and then people be like no say women no don't say this don't say this or whatever don't oh even my God. say a thing and I'm like I oh, get it but I'm just like it's there's, fucking it is what it is like, there's just too many levels man fuck uh, but they said um, what's your process going into set design like when you're thinking of set into design set design you're working with your art department um, so I'm a very like location based person which is why I would love to shoot outside of America because I have <laughs> locations on deck yes if people would just let me um so yeah so like i try to find a good location that i could like dress the set of or like even if it's on location you know i try to like find like a cool spot that we could build off of right but if that doesn't happen you know then there's that's obviously like more work and stuff yeah it's really kind of case by case initially the tia samara video was supposed to be not a vfx video but the quote to design all of that in a studio was just ridiculous. Dumb so money. We, we had to make it in right. VFX. Just to make it mat, yeah. uh, happen. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's let's bang through these. There's a couple more. Uh, Ian says he's stoked about this one. I've loved her work for a while. Oh, yeah. He DM'd me and said he was so excited. Did Shout he? out, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> he says, what's the best decision you have made for yourself in your career? That's um, one of his three questions. Breaking up with my, with my ex. And it was obviously very hard in the beginning, but like just taking the leap to be like, no, I'll, I'm going to be able to do this myself and like directing. A right. Lot. Um, definitely. I mean, it took, there was a lot of fucking trials and tribulations in the last couple of years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I think now, I think that now the, I'm, I'm definitely in my groove now. So right. I'm, I'm definitely here. So got to take the leap. You got to trust the universe and you know, there will be a rainbow after the storm. So just weather through it. Boom yeah let's this person says let's see Muzi. i don't know how you say your name sorry bro Muzi, what's it like working with rock stars of uh your clientele like uzi or you can ask the any good funny stories <laughs> i mean i guess i have one recent story that i've been telling over and over again so i worked with wiz recently yeah um which yeah like wiz is like another level of stardom 
He's so dope. I mean, you're on tour with like the two biggest people ever, so you definitely know about being on with that level of stardom. So yeah, so um, yeah, like basically, I was just like, hey, um, oh, I'm gonna have you shoot. I'm gonna have you uh, smoke the blunt in this scene, right? And he was like, it's not a blunt, it's a joint. <laughs> and I was dressed. like, and I was like, blunt joint semantics, like Female literally, woman, yeah. literally. I'm like, blunt joint semantics, you know. And he's like, it's a joint. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, cool, yeah. And so, like, to like break the ice more, I'm like, um, so you like joints more? He's like, yeah. I'm like, but when you were younger, you like blunts more. He's like, yeah. I'm like, cool, good story. Okay, we ready? Lights yeah, up. What's, what's going on? Last one. <laughs> Fucking terrible. But, it's it was, always so weird. It's like, how do you, uh, shit, like redeem yourself funny. from that? Like, it's there's no real way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny though. That's my like one story. We got a good old picture with him. Oh, so. I have one more story. What? Yes, exactly. My producer got that shout out, Ella. She was like, get your fucking whiz picture with the joints. Yeah, right you need that now. shit for sure. Um, but uh, when I first met Trey Songs, when I went to his house, Trey Songs for me was like the biggest, was like when I got that, like he was the first person that I worked with that like I actually listened to back in the day. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, I, like if you told seventh grade me that I'm about to go to Trey Songs' house right now and like do this, what? Yeah. So I pull up at Trey Songs' house and. Um, when I get there, he's on the like he has a masseuse. Like he's he's not wearing his shirt, and like the masseuse is just like going ham. Yeah, right. And then he like gets up off the massage chair. He's like, "What's good?" Da, da, da. But I was just like, "This is the level of, of life. I life want. I aspire to. I need yes. an on call." And she was there, by the way, all oh yeah every shoot day. Like his massage, his masseuse is like on call. Yeah. So we had we had some of them on our tour. They oh, saved sure. my life. We had to shoot. Um, I was running like a, a Alexa Mini at one of the shows, and my arm, like from running it on a movie for two and a half hours, not even into maybe thirty minutes into it, like my arms became numb from having to hold it so weird trying to shoot the show, and I'm ch- I'm literally holding it all the time. And I would run back, and Rory is B's physiotherapist. He would like has this like jackhammer gun thing, and he was literally like trying to get blood flowing in my hands and save my fucking life doing that shit. I like shout out to those dudes mm-hmm. and when and the women because we had two we had a guy and a girl were you editing on tour too or were you just shooting uh no we were editing a lot because we were making like like little social gifts basically right. so we were like creating those a lot and then i towards the end of the tour i was doing like recaps um and then I, there would be other editors that would be there too so we'd, i'd like start something they'd finish there's so much shit happening all the time it was like chaos i want to ask you so many questions you need to you need to do your own <laughs> I did one. Um, oh, I'll have to watch it. Andrew Andrew Sandler interviewed me. Oh, cute. Yeah, it was fun. Okay, but, cool. Because people kept asking me some questions. So I was like, this is probably easier if I just have me on I'm my I'm definitely going to watch that. I was going to try to do it where I just interviewed myself and just split screened it and did that whole shit. But it was like, I'm too, there's so much happening. That would have been really cool and could have went viral. I'm going to do it. I will do it. I've been yeah. saying I was going to do it for like two years. You should do it. All right, I'll do it. Um, last question. Let's see. Rebecca Lynn Dow says, how or have you ever felt underestimated or found your leadership challenged by other males in <laughs> your position simply because you're a woman if so how do you cope um yes i have um especially with with dps the director of photography that's for me the most challenging person on set really to work with that's crazy uh not not no i not any disrespect to them sure but i feel like um it's really hard i've just had a lot of dps like try to direct my set or like not like you know i'm I'm yelling cut but like they're still shooting and like i don't know like i've definitely worked with D- it's just like it's actually more rare for me to find a dp that listens to me sure than it is for me to to be in a situation where they're just like 
completely disrespecting me and not even realizing it. So how you deal with that? Throw the um, hammer down? Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, this is the trick that, that women have to deal with because it's like, if you throw the hammer down, then you're like rude and aggressive and a bitch and like, they don't want to work with you. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's just like finding that balance. Goddamn. Um, yeah, you have to be stern for sure. I mean, honestly, I think that the people that treat you like that just throw them to the wayside and find someone else. Yeah, honestly. totally. Let, let me be real. That's how you do it. Right. Just find your people because you can't victimize yourself. Like you can't blame things on being a woman. Like, honestly, I'm really happy that I'm a female director as opposed to a male director because I think this is our time. I yeah. think this is part of the world shifting thing that I was saying. Like the amount of times I've had people hit me up and be like, uh, we're looking for a woman for this project. Like, right. They're not hitting men up and saying, we're looking for a man for this project. Right. So you have to look at the positive things. You have to keep doing good work. Um, yeah, just don't get caught up in that mindset because, like, at the end of the day, like, the gender doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I'm not fo- I'm not going into set like, I'm a woman, hear me roar! Like, I'm just going on set and doing my job, you know? Yeah, totally. And so, yeah, I just find your people because they'll appreciate you. That's, that's Super what I truth. Say. Super truth. All right. Yes. Um, this was a great episode. You're fine. I hope it was good. You have a lot to say. Don't give me coffee. I feel coffee, like we could do I this. For, I know. Shit. <laughs> Hopefully it was good. Um, they didn't even take my Adderall today. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck. Um, all right. Is there anything else you want to say? I mean, you're saying that I said a lot. So you did say a lot. It was great. I mean, I'm just saying we could probably have talked for like three, four hours <laughs> if you wanted to. Um, um, no, I, I, I think I, I think everything was covered. Well, congrats on your career. You're fucking murdering shit. Thanks. Yeah. Sounds like a good a good little journey mad interesting um i think we spent a little too much time on 2012 <laughs> yeah 2012 was lit first half hour of the fucking podcast um what if if people want to find you how do you want them to find you instagram please yes roxana baldovin okay and um if people got this far in the podcast i always say they need to go to your instagram whatever your most recent picture is at the time that they're hearing the shit and put a hashtag that you're gonna pick and then tag me in it so i know that they got to the end of the episode so you Senora pick, directora. Wh- how do Senora I s- directora. How do you spell the last part? Senora. Yes. Directora. So like director with an A. Ah. That's my hashtag on Instagram. Oh yeah, it's right here. Yeah. Tight. All right, put that. Cool. That's it. How do you want to end it? I always make this shit the weirdest way to get out of here. So yeah, how do you want to end this podcast? I'm just gonna look at the wall. Um. Okay. No, I'm sure. Sure. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna just walk off, maybe. Shout out to your mom. Oh, my mom's going to be so happy. Yes, shout out mama. I want to see her Instagram after this. She's the first person I'm thanking in my Oscar speech. There we go. And then Adderall. (laughs) I swear to fucking God, Adderall changed my life. And that's it. That's it for episode 67 with Roxana Baldovin. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Make sure to follow Roxana on Instagram at Roxana Baldovin so you can start fucking with what she's doing. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes or YouTube so other creators can decide if this podcast will help them or not. It will. Any feedback is appreciated. Again, if you love this podcast, the private community, pop over to our merch store grab some gear we really appreciate the support shop bwnc.com and if you want a discount code we give out codes to our patreon supporters along with many other exclusive offers so go to patreon.com slash black with no cream to join the patreon family 
Fuck yeah. Speaking of our Patreon supporters, shout out to our top tier supporters right now, aka our OU Rich producers of the show, Aisha and Reed, and shout out to our OU Rich Rich executive producer of the show, my boy Craig. Y'all are there forever. Subscribe to Black Window Cream on every platform that you're choosing. New episode every Wednesday and Sunday. See you next week, you bitch. bitch.